So, on the off chance uh, somebody still subscribed to this feed, because I haven't done an English-speaking uh, episode in about two years, hello again. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, basically, I had never stopped podcasting, I've just been doing it in my language. So it was uh, finally time, again, after two years, to have somebody uh, who speaks English as a guest. Uh, so th this is that episode. Like, hopefully I'll do more stuff in English. But uh, yeah, after two years, I'm going to stop saying that. Uh, this, is the, this is the episode. So this is number, I have to actually check, 25. Uh, okay, so, so my first question, which is always the same. We're doing this in English after so long. Uh, who are you and what do you do? Who am I? Uh, my name is Micah Sargent. Um, I am a podcaster and a writer and uh, a creator, I think is, is, is the best way to describe it. I work for Mobile Nations, which is a company that owns iMore and Android Central and a few other places. And I'm a senior editor there. And I write about tech uh, for those sites. I also do several podcasts, and it's become a running joke that I do too many podcasts, um, <laughs> which is pretty much true. Uh, but yeah, between those things and a few other side projects, that's uh, pretty much what I am. Other than, uh, of course, an undying and unrelenting dog lover. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, we're in a Slack together, and that is... Like readily apparent, I think. The, <laughs> the just genuine love for dogs. Uh, they're they're great. They're great creatures. I I can't help but uh, ever. <laughs> I'm the person that every time I see a dog, I have to call out the fact that I've seen a dog. It's, it's just how it works. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're like it's sort of you're a dog person. You're like the quintessential dog person. I think I think that that's you know in the dictionary, you guys should be on that. But yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, I think I would be, you know, it's interesting talking about that because it's like cat people, um, <laughs> I think. They they get a little upset because I'm not a cat person and it's because I'm like super, super, super allergic to them. Really, really, really. Oh, allergic. okay. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. So you're, so if you weren't allergic, would you still love cats or dogs? I think I this? would. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I think it'd be both. And like, I, I don't. I don't hate cats by any means. I just have to keep them at a distance so that I don't die is all. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's a good excuse almost, <laughs> you know. Okay. So back to the creating part, uh, we should do sort of, uh, this is sort of, uh, it's called the Genesis question for me, but like wh why tech, Micah? Where did tech why come tech? from? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting. So, um, you know, Tech has sort of been an underlying thing for me. I was uh, always the techie in my family. I loved, I love to fix things. I, I genuinely love to to. Uh, there's a you know problem comes up, and I love to research it and try and find a solution for it. And that actually doesn't just pertain to tech for me. I'm also sort of a, a handyman, a handy person. Like I love to fix. Uh, like I do plumbing. I do all that kind of stuff. I just I really love fixing stuff and. And when I was younger, you know, my younger siblings, my mom and other people, my grandparents would come to me to ask me to help them fix their technology. And what's interesting is like, this was just sort of an underlying thing that I didn't really pay attention to. Um, when I first went to college, I was convinced that I was going to go into advertising because I do like graphic design quite a bit and, and creating in that sense. And, um, my whole idea was that I would be a less, um, let's see, what's the term? I would be 
a more moral version of <laughs> uh, the dude from Mad Men. I can't think of his name at the moment. Don Draper. Yeah, Don Draper. I would yeah. be a more moral Don Draper. Was I, I, essentially, I wanted to uh, be exactly what his job was like working with uh with other artists and coming up with these concepts and things like that and so i went to school for that at first um and it was interesting because at the the university that i went to the advertising stuff was built into the journalism program which is sort of odd but it sort of makes sense too because it's all sort of a communications type thing uh but while i was there i got a job at a company called newsy and uh, this company was an online video news company. And I started out as a writer there. And then I started anchoring, uh, in, in other words, like going in front of the camera and, and being an anchor and also doing video production. And it wasn't too long before I... To, I, I took the lead of the, the, the tech team there. So I had several different tech writers um, and led that team and... and, and you know, built out Newsy's tech coverage. And it was suddenly this realization that like, this is, uh, this is something that I really do enjoy. Um, and it's been something that's sort of been part of, of the back burner always in my, in my mind at, at all times. And that's sort of where it was like, okay, this is, this is what I should be doing. I think I, I advertising was sort of a fun idea, but it was just, I think, at the time, just me sort of trying to find something that made sense. But really what I liked doing was creating and putting things out into the world. And so I got to help people and put things out into the world all in one. And that's really where uh, I think the the interest in, in creating uh, content about tech came from. So, yeah, I saw some of those newsy uh, uh, videos. When I first like heard about you on podcasts, and then I, I somehow, I think I started following you on Twitter and I saw some of those newsy. Did you have any apprehension about the whole being in front of the camera thing? <laughs> I, I always ask that because I felt like even in Slovenia, I've had a bunch of people that do TV stuff. And that's always my question just because it's my hang up, you know, being in front of the camera. It's still kind of weird to me. I'm getting better at it, but still kind of creeps me out. So how are you yeah. with that? Yeah. Well, so... When I was in high school, um, I did lots of uh, speech and debate, like all throughout all of my years of college, or sorry, high school, and I f- and theater as well. And so I have sort of been blessed in the sense that I've I don't really have the the stage fright hang up, um, which I do think can help sort of translate itself into not being you know, uncomfortable in front of the camera. It is a different experience for sure. And when I first started doing it, because you, the way that it worked at at Newsy is you sort of had to audition. Um, And so you'd go up with somebody who was an on-camera person and then you would uh, train with them for a while. And then you either, they either said yes or they said no. And it's funny when I left there, I actually was the person who trained new anchors um, to come on to, you know, to, to do it. So uh, it, it, I had no apprehension. Um, I also, and it's funny, in high school, I did a web show uh, with some friends of mine. And so we would record these videos, I would edit them and, and put them up. And we would do this like every week or something like that. So I sort of had a little bit of experience with quote, unquote, hosting, uh, being on camera. And I, I learned a lot of stuff while I was there. But the thing that I wasn't prepared for, the thing that sort of did make me, excuse me, make me uncomfortable being in front of the camera was the creepy factor that I was not <laughs> expecting. Um, <laughs> I got some, like, 
writing now without sort of having my face in front of things, and even like here in podcasting, the the conversations that I've had have not compared at all with what it was like whenever my face and sort of my upper body showed up <laughs> in front of videos. I, I remember getting um, an email where a guy was essentially uh, inviting me to come stay at his house for it was this horribly Just, creepy oh. thing and he described my voice as having and i kid you not this this gross like I, i'm getting shivers just the sensual intonation that's oh, what he oh. i love your sensual yeah exactly so it was oh. <laughs> it was not great and that's when i was like all right i i have to like uh, you know on facebook you can you can get messages but they also have the messages that are sort of stashed away in the other and i sort of had to like whew, prepare myself anytime i clicked on that button but that's gone away since uh since i got off camera <laughs> Oh yeah, that that yeah, I feel sleazy now just listening to that. So I, I just <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners out there too. Like, we're all in this together, I guess. <laughs> okay, so so we can be maybe a little sappy now. But when you said you know just uh, creating stuff and putting stuff out there and also helping people, like that's how I feel about when I review you know phones and computers and tablets and stuff. Sort of that aspect of, you know, maybe, maybe making, uh, helping someone make an informed, but like purchasing decision, but maybe not even just purchasing decisions, maybe even the broader stuff about privacy. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's my primary motivation when I do anything tech related. So, cause I, I get that feeling from you with the stuff you care about and, you know, the, the stuff you post on Twitter or am I yeah. wrong or, yeah. No, I think you're, I think you're dead on. Um, what, so I honestly, when, Something that's always bugged me about, about many tech reporters, uh, that I, that I've seen in tech journalism is that many of us lack empathy, genuinely lack empathy when it comes to, uh, reviews, when it comes to write-ups and things like that. I think it's, it's this issue where, uh, they're so concerned sort of with how they feel about a product and how they're thinking about a product or, you know, a news announcement or whatever, that they're not considering sort of how the everyday person will think about this. And my, the example that I always go back to is when the Apple Watch first shipped and, and, you know, I'm no apologist or anything like that. I barely use my Apple Watch now, but I did have a criticism when the Apple Watch first shipped. Uh, there was a video from The Verge. And the person, I'm not going to, you know, name names and all that kind of thing. But the person who was uh, doing the review was complaining that he received so many notifications, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And not only is the fact that you can shut off notifications that you don't want, but the fact is that the everyday person is not going to be getting the tweet, the tweet mentions that he was getting the, 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 you know, the hundreds of Facebook messages and things like that, because he's in a position of, of, of popularity. And, and that plays into, uh, sort of how that worked. But I think that, you know, we can take for granted sort of what the everyday person thinks and how they sort of approach technology. And that's something that I'm always trying to keep in mind. And so when these stories come out about like, uh, face ID on an iPhone, um, being this creepy thing or, or whatever. And, you know, I had gone home the weekend after the Apple announcement and there was this like different people, my different people in my family asking me about it and wondering what was going on there. And, you know, I'm explaining like, you know, this stuff happens on device. It's not sent off to a server somewhere, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I just genuinely do try to think about when I'm writing, um, or when I'm sharing stuff that other people have written, like Renee, uh, my, my boss and, 
it's thinking about my family and then other everyday people who don't necessarily have the resources available and also the experience available to understand how this technology works and how it you know can can be a a bad thing or a good thing because in the end like it's i hate seeing misinformation out there because i hate how that limits people's possibilities and like getting the most out of what they spend their money on well okay so what like just continuing on from that so when you because you work at imor uh, you're basically a proper sort of web publication, right? You're like, digi- mm-hmm. you're not even digital first, you're just digital, right? There's no... So, <laughs> no, I see, I, see yes. I, I work at the national broadcaster here in Slovenia now, and it's still sort of, you know, there's TV, there's radio, there's a website, and then I do the website for the radio, and it's still, you know, it's still sort of old media, media trying to figure out new media most of the time. So this is just, I'm going to live through you now. <laughs> just, sort of, just, um, do you have any experience of sort of like traditional media or have you just been online all the time? Because I'm just, if you say that, I'm just going to, you know, be envious even more. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've never, so I've never worked at um, a newspaper or anything like that. Um, pretty much, yeah. When, you know, my first big job in terms of, of publishing uh, was Newsy. Now, the interesting thing about Newsy and and something that was like way different from working uh, now at Mobile Nations and, and mostly writing for iMore is that at Newsy, um, you it, it was it was almost as permanent as newspaper or as like a live TV broadcast. And the reason I say that is because we would have different uh, content distribution partners. And if there was ever a fact error or a, even just like a misspelling or something like that in a video. It would take all day to fix that error because you would have to – there were certain uh, content distribution networks where you'd have to email the people and say, we need to pull this video. There'd be people you had to call for other – I mean, it was just – you you we had a process in place where mistakes were very rarely made. And when they were, it was not a good thing because it just threw a wrench into the whole uh, kit caboodle. And so you were sort of out of commission for the day trying to fix that. And I remember – when I moved to um, Mobile Nations and, and started working for iMore, I had uh, messaged Renee and I said, hey, I just noticed that uh, there's there'd been something that had updated in a story that I wrote. And um, I said, how do I go about changing that? Uh, you know, where, how long is it going to take and all that kind of jazz? And he's like, oh, no, 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 you just go in and you can fix it. And he's like, if it's just, you know, a small thing, then you fix it. And if it's a big thing, then we, of course, will put a note in there that says, you know, this has been updated to reflect blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you have no idea how awesome that is <laughs> that I could just go in and fix things. Um, so yeah, I've never, never done like the full on newspaper or anything like that. I've pretty much always been digital when it comes to content creation, but it's interesting going from one extreme to the other in terms of how uh, the publishing works. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm even more envious now. That's just, <laughs> yeah, it's that for me, but no, because the thing is like you guys sort of, sort of the American tech press, at least, you know, there's a bunch of sort of web, pretty much well-established website now, websites now that cover tech that's been around for a while, like, you know, like genuinely five, 10 years, some of them, but like, the thing is, like, do you do you actually? You see, I'm like, having trouble phrasing it, but like, you guys give give away all of your content for free, by pretty much, right? And then it's all ad, yes. ad based and stuff. And like, how, how like th- does that ever worry you? Like, just as a guy that has a job, 
that's do you know what I mean? Because it's not like yeah. you're just so, so. How does that work into your you know just everyday life? Because that, that's the <laughs> thing I can't get my head around. I'm in a constant state <laughs> of panic. <laughs> no, but it, it's it's funny that you bring that up because I'm not going to lie to you. It's something that I have. It, as I get, I guess, as I've gotten older, uh, it's something that I've thought about more. When I was working at Newsy, I was sort of uh, happy-go-lucky and and didn't really consider sort of how the finance finances worked out. I just did my job and just you know made it happen. But for some reason, um, that, that's something that's more front of mind. Absolutely, it's it's you know as you hear about sort of where Apple has gone with Safari and and ad blocking and ad tracking and stuff like that. And even Google Chrome and, you know, people constantly coming in revolt of, of different ways that ad tracking networks and stuff like that work. And it all is like perfectly reasonable and perfectly logical and makes sense. Um, what, what it is for me right now, like the thing that gives me sort of, um, comfort is that I think whenever you work at a smaller company, you, it's almost like working on a ship in the sense that you can feel the winds change and you can be alert to the fact that things, you know, are, are, are different. And suddenly you've got to brace yourself and, uh, you know, billow the sails or whatever the different <laughs> terms are for sailing. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's not been that experience. Like everything seems to be fine for now. And we certainly have our roots and, and it's okay. Um, but I think if, you you know, one day that day did come and I started to see content that was like, uh, hey, subscribe to this and then you can get, I don't know, Renee's opinions, uh, opinion articles in a newsletter or something, then I think we would be ready for that. Um, but for right now, everything seems to be okay. And, you know, I think some online publications rely more on, uh, like the wire cutter is an example of one that relies more on commissions, yeah. uh, from, from product purchases. And I think that our company has done a good job of sort of, uh, balancing out the way that, that the finances come in. And I think we're a lot smaller than people realize too. Um, and that's like something that's always, been front of mind for me is working in publication, working for a smaller company seems to be uh, better than working for a big company, not just because of the the financial aspect of it and sort of the being able to sort of be aware and feel the threads of everything, but also sort of in an ego way where you don't feel like you're just this tiny cog in the machine. <laughs> you feel like, you know, you're, you're contributing more to the company, uh, which selfishly is something that I have always enjoyed rather than sort of just like, okay, here's your job for the day and go home and we'll see you later. You know, it's fun to sort of be part of the the whole experience and help shape the company. Yeah, see, the reason I'm interested in stuff like that is because over here, like, this, we're a country of 2 million people. So, like, mm -hmm. you do the math how any kind of online advertising <laughs> <laughs> could po possibly, it doesn't work, honestly. Right. Like, it really, there's no, like... Even like if it's a team of people and they sort of start a website, I, I just don't see it sort of like surviving or even being able to support itself. It's kind of, that's why I'm, that's why I'm fascinated because I, I do know that like I'm on mobile nations, like is it not the, the biggest uh, sort of operation in the world? That's why I'm sort of interested just for you as, you know, someone, someone who works there. I do like that. Uh, Phrasing with the, you can feel the winds change, which I, <laughs> I, I guess you have, but at least you guys have, you guys have wind changes like over here. There's, 
it's no- <laughs> just one way. It's one one. Well, so let me ask you then. I'm curious. Um, so working for the the sort of the newspaper and things like that, or the, the the broadcast network, and is that then something that's financed by government? Is that something that's financed yeah, well, by subscriptions? Yeah, I, I used to work uh, for a political magazine, and that was basically subscriptions. So it was still a, like a physical magazine. We had like a website. I was the online editor. So that that basically still uh, still does uh, run off of. Uh, just people paying for the the thing, right? Um, but where I work now, it's the national broadcaster, and we basically have the BBC model, where like everybody just pays a fee, and that goes into the whole system, not just the you know broadcaster, but the infrastructure as well. So uh, that's gotcha. how, yeah. That, so I'm I'm actually kind of uh, like web wise, I'm actually kind of calmer now because I I know there's a you know I, I we also because we do a public service, we get to uh, like. Um, Everything we do is free for people, which I, I genuinely enjoy because people don't want to part with their money online. <laughs> <Which is laughs> they do of, not. Yeah, they do yeah. not. You're absolutely right. And that that's really cool that there's a certain level of comfort that exists there, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's also, you know, it's a sort of a, it's the philosophy of, you know, sort of the whole country or the government, I guess in Europe, it's a little different because over there with you guys, you know, PBS basically just runs off of donations, which I think is just a travesty, honestly. Oh, I agree. (laughs) It's just in the sort of, you know, what NPR, I'm sort of more interested in radio, what NPR has been able to do. uh, is kind of amazing. The pockets in the network that have kind of made it gone digital first in all honesty you know podcasting mm-hmm. is in their domain uh, as far as i'm concerned so it's kind of amazing to me that they've been able to do that with that sort of no like recurring subscription model although they do they do give away a lot of tote bags so i guess people are giving them money <laughs> i don't know <laughs> We're completely financed by the kinetic energy created when people move those tote bags around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The more you use an NPR tote bag, the more the more money they get. I think that's how it works. Like, <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, there's no other explanation. I'd rather be like financed by tote bags, though, than to have this sort of uh, dread hanging over me of, of, okay, what happens the day that the, the, I don't know, the hammer drops? I don't know what the, the idiom is, but th- that does certainly concern me. I, you know, it's, I think that a lot of people who are in uh, journalism, they sort of take two routes with things. They're either very quiet about all of it and just sort of like go on about their day and don't really bring it up and sort of just kind of, eh, it's in the back of my mind, but I'm not going to talk about it. Or they are sort of uh, talking about what comes next, what can we do next, yada, 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 yada. Um, and for me, I think for the longest time, it certainly was something that I just didn't have front of mind, but is something that I consider now. Um, but everything seems to be okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and like I said, there's no shift in the winds, at least, which is nice. But um it's interesting too to see sort of how other huge uh, sites like The Verge and and uh, CNET and different companies like that how they are handling things um, and how they're going forward because it's a you know those some of those sites are owned by huge huge companies and Mobile Nations is still like a family owned operation which is which is a fascinating thing because uh, for the size of of sort of our our viewership and listenership um it's kind of neat that we still sort of work for at the end of the day uh a, a small family <laughs> and then it, it goes out from there so i i like that aspect of it because again 
Um, I, I can't get into too much detail about Newsy because I can't, uh, yeah, I, I can't get into too much detail there, but it, it was interesting seeing things change from when it was just a startup that was being run by a guy who, you know, owned the company versus when it was purchased by, um, Scripps, uh, that, that I can say it was bought by Scripps, which is like a, it's an old, 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 old company in the United States that owns like a bunch of newspapers yeah. and, and web broadcast companies. Um, and things that the, the winds shifted <laughs> essentially when that happened, there was, uh, there were a lot of changes that took place and it was, uh, it was a different experience at that point. And um, so sort of jumping back into something that was once again owned by a couple people and having that was really nice. It was kind of nice to get back into that because there's there's just a big difference between being owned by a big company that has to find different ways of, of making money and, and you know, uh, is more uh, – is, is less, I guess – sort of paying attention to individuals and more paying attention to the uh, viewer count and like the the financial situation. So um, it's a big difference between those two. And I think different publications handle it differently. And I certainly don't envy uh, tech writers who work at some of these huge companies and are trying to sort of make their way there. Yeah, well, the the bigger the company gets, the weirder things get. Like, uh, uh, that's been <laughs> my experience so far. So yeah, I, I totally understand that. Okay, so uh, jumping back a little, when you said you you fixed uh, like you know your like family's technology even way back when, right? Um, so I, I'm guessing you built your own PCs, or how how did you know? I'm just going off of the iMore, so yeah. I guess you're more in the Apple camp, or how how did that start? Well, growing up, um, so I I grew up. Uh, Poor is not the right word. Um, we were not wealthy in any sense of the word. You know, we, we, we lived very modestly, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, and so affording something like an Apple computer when I was younger was not something that's going to be possible. Uh, and so my, uh, stepdad, um, was a, trained like computer technician. And so he taught me a bunch of stuff when I was younger. And I I never like, I never had a full PC build or anything like that when I was a kid. But what I did do was buy different cards for like the, the PC that I had purchased, or that my family had purchased. And I would, you know, when I'd get money for uh, helping out by mowing the lawn at my grandparents' house or whatever, I'd save it up and then I would buy like a new video card or I'd buy more RAM, uh, and things like that. So I always did, you know, crack open my computer and, uh, take it apart and pull out the PCI cards or PCI slots and everything like that and stick new stuff in. Um, so growing up, yeah, I ran Windows and it's funny because, uh, my, grandparents, um, as a graduation gift, I think from middle school, maybe it was maybe anyway, I, I got a laptop, a, a Dell laptop and, uh, I had just gotten an iPod touch, uh, ah, for okay. Christmas that year. So I took the sticker, uh, that, that came in the iPod touch oh, and no, put it on the no. back all <laughs> no, no. over the Dell logo. <laughs> and I, it was just sort of my oh. one day, one day. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would, I would 
you know, my, my siblings then would have computers and things like that. And if something wasn't working or they got a virus because they were so irresponsible about that kind of thing, I would help them and get that fixed out. And I, again, I loved doing that and I could sit for hours, like trying to figure out what was going on and, and, and solve the problem. And sort of one of those things where once it was right in front of you, I couldn't stop until I had it fixed. Um, and that was always a fun thing to do. And again, it wasn't once I went off to college, um, the first laptop, the, like that was whenever I first was able to get an Apple computer. I was able to get a MacBook Pro. Um, and some of that was like with scholarship money and, and stuff like that. So I was able to afford it. But it was, you know, it, it's interesting going from that sort of uh, plug and play nature where you're just like popping out uh, cards, sticking in new Ethernet cards and things to this sort of locked off world where you don't you don't upgrade except every couple of years whenever you buy a new one how, how was that because i see I, i've never made that jump like i you never, see you've always yeah i'm still on windows because i can't like i just uh, bought a new computer i guess like four months ago and mm-hmm. I, this is this i i just almost talked myself into a macbook pro like i'm i was right there and then i just saw the price and i just couldn't like i just could not because I saw what I could get if I just built the box for me. Because I don't really right, yeah, right. like walk around with my computer. So it, the MacBook Pro would basically just sit on my desk, you know, hooked up to a monitor. And then maybe I'll, I'd take it around a couple of times, right? So, and, But then I saw what I could do if I just built my own. And it just, it, over here at least, that it just there's no contest. Just no contest. Well, yeah. And I remember you saying that it's like way more expensive um the the way that it shakes out yeah it, well it doesn't you know it, it's also you know we, we're still we still we do have a you know an authorized reseller on apple but we don't have an apple store so that's also kind of a factor you know with supplies and then warranty and stuff like they'll fix stuff but don't get me wrong we're not like you know with, without anything there is a difference and you know most of my friends that have macbook pros have let's say brought them over from America when, <laughs> when the dollar was not doing particularly well. Cause that, Smart. Yeah. That, that kind of, that kind of works out, but yeah, I just couldn't, I just, okay. So back to my question, like how was that just going from windows to going to the, to, to the Mac? Cause you know, when you I, can tinker I, and stuff and then you're on a Mac. Right. Right. Well, so the interesting thing is like my whole, when it came to, with, with computers and with that sort of technology, um, I was always more fascinated with the software than I was with the hardware. I did like, as I was mentioning, like swapping out cards, but really where all of like the problems came up was in the software and trying to fix things there. And so that, you know, there's still stuff that you can do when, when things go wrong, or even if it's not going wrong, just like tinkering and, and adjusting settings and things like that. And yes, you do not get as much control over everything uh, in, in Mac OS that you do in uh, Windows. But it was, I had been so, so doggone, uh, I don't know, essentially lusting after, you know, owning these Apple products, like I need to own an Apple product. And so when I did, like, it was a cool thing. I was so happy about it. And it didn't really, you know, I I was okay with losing sort of that freedom that comes with owning a PC and getting the option to sort of upgrade it how I wanted to. And since then, like, 
I don't have enough time really to do, you know, the, the tinkering and stuff that I used to do. So it's okay for me now. It's like, hey, I don't have to worry about that as much. Um, the only time that things are ever really an issue with macOS mostly is like when I'm running beta software and when I'm jumping between different betas. And so it's, it's okay for me. Um, you know, I, I didn't feel like I had lost a whole lot. In fact, I felt like I gained something because it was, uh, sort of like a, a point of pride where I had gotten to, I, I was a first generation college kid. And so, um, for people who are across the pond who might not know what that means, um, basically if your parents or anyone in your family didn't go to college before and you're like the first one in your line of family to go to college, then that's a first generation college kid. So, uh, it was like, I've, I've done this thing. I've made that jump. And then also now I have this, this piece of tech that was like a status symbol for me. So again, it was sort of an ego thing <laughs> for sure, but, uh, it was an exciting moment for me and I was happy to, uh, have that. And like I said, there's still things that go wrong and still things that can be fixed it's just usually more software based yeah, you should do a throwback and get a dell sticker now and just yes like, you're right <laughs> just, just put a, like a black dell sticker over oh my god i gotta look that up now <laughs> vinyl dell sticker <laughs> yeah oh, the, i'm sure you can get like seventeen thousand of them for like, like <laughs> right yeah, there's, there's not gonna be a shortage of those probably but yeah <laughs> okay so g going into mobile since you know we, we need to talk about the stuff you actually do day to day right uh so um wh where do you see uh sort of the mobile space now when you know just high like right on the heels of windows phone going away basically Right. And I, I guess you're more like more, you're more in the Apple ecosystem, but are you okay with that? With just the two OSs? Like how, uh, I won't even ask you like that. I'll just ask you how bummed are you that there are only two OSs? Like I'll just <laughs> ask that. <'cause, laughs> Look, I think competition is, is a, is a, an incredibly important factor in producing really cool stuff. And so I'm always going to be an advocate for more over less when it comes to choice. And when it comes to, um, the, the the different people i mean we're also like we're also different and we like different things and we use things differently and there's a reason that windows phone was around and there's a reason that android exists and there's a reason that ios exists and uh, a lot of that is based in what people like and what they're comfortable with and what they want to try and so i'm always uh, I, I, it does. It's upsetting whenever things, uh, go away. The, the, the comparison, this is an interesting comparison to make, but it's one that I, I think holds, holds some, um, some reasonable reasonability. I don't know. Anyway, my point <laughs> is in my, in my town that I live in, there are, I kid you not, like six or seven different trash services. You can go online and like type in the, the name of my city and type in trash. And it's like eight different websites trying to offer you a trash service. And because of that, wait, uh, what? A, wait, wait, do, wait, just hold on there. Go ahead. So trash services are people that take your trash away? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah. What? Is that not like a municipality of the city? I don't understand. No. That. See, that's the thing is that in some places that, so it's, it's all different, uh, oh. all across the, the state and all across the country. Um, at some places it's done by the city. At some places it's done by like the state. At some places it's just, uh, individual businesses that do it. Oh, and wow. here, yeah, and here it's individual businesses. And so, you know, I hopped online and I looked around. 
and was able to find a good deal uh, because they're all competing against each other. So you get, you know, a giant barrel and you get the recycling bin uh, and you don't pay too much because they're all competing. Now, interestingly, uh, my city is trying to turn it into a, muni- a municipality thing where you pay for it as part of your sort of utilities. And people were upset about that because the competition was lost. I think the same thing applies. Uh, the, the trash services and the, oh, and the operating systems. It's the same thing. Like the more there is out there, the more they're sort of, uh, competing with each other and fighting against each other. And good ideas exist across all these different companies because it's coming from individuals and, and teams of people who are coming up with these ideas. And so, you know, I never used a Windows phone device, um, but I actually, there's a member of my family who uses one, which is fascinating to me. Um, I, like, I didn't think that I would ever know anybody who did personally or anything like that, but it's like, regardless of, of, you know, the, the popularity or anything like that, I think that the competition is healthy. And now that you sort of have two options uh, to choose from, although Android can, of course, be split into its different parts for Samsung and, and uh, Essential and all the different companies that exist there. It still does suck. Yeah, I, I think it sucks. What about you? you? Are you good about it or bad? feel bad about it? Well, yeah, I wouldn't go... I, I, I like totally disagree with the municipality and private <laughs> I just don't... That seems... Like, that just seems awful to me. Like, you you actually have to... Cho- like, even the fact that you have to think about who is going to take your trash away, that just boggles my mind, honestly. Like, just... <laughs> see, it's the same thing. We're going to... Yeah, okay, so, okay, that, that, that I don't agree with, but yeah, I do agree that it's sad that it's just two companies. But I think, like, a mobile OS is different than, you know, like, People taking your trash away because that's yeah, just supposed certainly. to. Yeah, that's just supposed to happen. And if you live in some sort of community, you kind of hope that gets taken away care of by the community, right? Through taxes and stuff. But like, so that just really boggles my mind because <laughs> the, the thing is, we're gonna get what you you're totally used to in America. So every gas station has different prices. Right in in America, which just drove me crazy every time I'm there. That's just the most moronic thing ever. <laughs> like over here, there's like a semi sort of state owned petroleum company that uh, runs half of the gas station, then another private company that runs the other half. And the price of gas is uh, determined by the state, pretty much. That's oh. sort of a short. So any gas station you go to. The price is the same, but that's about to end. And I just hate it so much that that's going to end. Because you can just imagine not worrying about that. Just imagine. That would be nice. Yes. And it's like gas. It's the one business where money literally just comes from the ground. It's not like, you know, they don't like, I don't know, when all the gas stations are built out, I think it can be done with competition. Maybe. That's just my opinion. But yeah, it's, yeah, that's so, but yeah, the going back to the mobile OS, yeah, it kind of sucks. It because it's just gonna be like uh, the you know iOS and Android and Nokia basically went away, which is a really pain point for me because Nokia was awesome. Like the hardware design and stuff was just great. So yeah, kind of kind of bummed about that. And, okay, one one more thing about the future in mobile and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned the the Apple Watch and all of the wearables. Like so, you're also that. Like how. Is is it are they a thing finally? Are wearables a thing finally? That's because you see, I keep like I keep I convince myself like one month I'll be like, okay, so this is it now. Okay, they just got wireless. I've tested a bunch of Android uh, watches that had like a SIM card slot and stuff, right? So I'm like, okay, this is a thing now. 
And then, then it's kind of, you know, when hi, the hype dies down from the event, you're back to, uh, not a lot of people actually use them. Some people use them, but not really the way that it's intended to. It's just a fancy watch and maybe some, like a fitness tracker, maybe more a step tracker than a fitness tracker. So, so like, <laughs> what, what's, what's your view on variables? So I think that some people absolutely get a bunch of, of use out of them. But I think that's some people. I don't think that, yeah. um, you know, f- for me personally, I, my Apple Watch is a, uh, it, it's a way to occasionally, it's a way to control my like music from a distance. Like when I'm listening on a Bluetooth speaker or something like that, and I might not have my phone in my pocket. It's a way to control that. Um, it's a way to shut off alarms at a distance and it's a way to see notifications while I'm out and about. Um, so. And of course, to tell the time, like the main thing that I use my Apple Watch for is genuinely to look down and see what time it is more than anything else. That said, I know a lot of people get uh, fitness stuff out of their Apple Watches or their other wearables. And it's interesting sort of out in the world seeing like I think Fitbit, it really does capture that that fitness tracking audience i see more everyday people wearing a fitbit than i do see them wearing an apple watch uh that said i think that it's still in its infancy and you know it's it's not we're not to a place now where in the same way that we carry our iphones with us everywhere that people are carrying you know are, are are so into wearables that everybody is using them and everybody's having them um they're still so new in the sense that it's just now that uh, a friend of mine, her mom was asking me about the Apple Watch and wanting to know more about it and thinking about getting one and what it meant and, and how uh, she could use it. And it's only been, you know, since like the, the second iteration of the Apple Watch that my own mom was talking about it and interested in it. And the, the, I, I name these people because to me, they're people who aren't as sort of steeped in technology as I am and who are just sort of, you know, they, they have tasks and jobs that exist outside of, of the world of tech. And um, I think that's whenever you start to see, okay, now it's sort of reaching the mainstream. People are paying attention to it. Um, so I think it's still new, but I do think that, you know, I was sort of meh about the cellular addition to the Apple watch, but as more and more people are getting these cellular Apple watches and talking about how, they really do love the fact that they could just like go to a place and just have their watch on and still get their uh, messages and things like that. It starts to show me a future where I think wearables are going to make more sense as we can sort of untether ourselves from the screens that we keep in our pockets or keep on our desk or wherever. Uh, I think that's going to be a big thing. And so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, wearables just barely have the jump on sort of voice activated um, operating systems, which is another huge trend that I think is going to yeah. really take off. So it's going to be. Uh, I think between those two, um, and probably some some AR and VR thrown in there too. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah we, that's that's been a trend as well. Just throwing AR and VR at the end, sort of just hedging <laughs> our bets. Like everybody in tech just says, yeah, yeah, the future, yeah, maybe some AR and VR, maybe, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you sort of have to mention them so you don't look like you're not you're down on them. Right, we but know like, they're there. Yeah. It's just, uh, I'm sure there's going to be something, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, this is all hedging our bets, basically. Okay, before we go to your hardware and software, I do have one more question. What What's your accent? Because I can't... My, yeah, your accent, I don't know what that accent is. 
Okay. Um, it's interesting because again, this is one of those things where empathy is an issue because <laughs> I think that a lot of Americans don't realize they have an accent. Um, and I, I, there was an exchange student who came from Moldova, um, whenever I was in high school and, uh, she was like the first person to make me aware of the fact that, duh, Americans have accents too, you dumb American. Like she was so sweet, but it, it was sort of this awakening for me where I was like, of course, I, like that's, that's just a factor. Um, so I have lived in the Midwest for almost all of my life. Like I was born here in the Midwest. So, uh, of, of course you're from a different country, so that doesn't quite make sense. I live in Missouri, oh, okay. uh, which anytime in the United States, when someone says Missouri to someone who doesn't live in Missouri, they say, don't you mean Missouri? Um, because they think that it's like this super Southern country or super Southern state. It's not. We, you know, there's some people here who talk like this and have a bit of a Southern accent, but that's that's not me. Um, my mine is more here now. <laughs> interestingly, because of speech and debate and theater and things like that, I have there. There are words that I came to understand I was using with more of an accent that I've sort of tried to neutralize. Um, and interestingly, too, many of the the broadcasters, the the anchors on uh, major news stations in the US come from the Midwest. And so the Midwestern accent is sort of all over the United States in the sense that it shows up in a lot of um, news broadcasts, like local local news and things like that. So uh, it's more pervasive. And that's because it tends to be the most neutral sort of in the Chicago uh-huh. um yeah, Chicago and Illinois, you know, Illinois, Missouri, uh, area is, is this Midwestern accent. And of course, the more Southern you go, the more you start to talk like this and you got a little bit of an accent on there. But, uh, here, here in upper Missouri, we don't have quite this accent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's good. Cause I can't play. Cause, because. Obviously, I'm not a native English speaker. If that's not apparent, like <laughs> it's kind of I, I do pick up like American accents, but they're sort of you know uh, they need to be really pronounced for mm-hmm. me to sort of get it because otherwise it just sounds like American English. Uh, right, so yeah, right. but yours is I kind of hear the south like the southern accent sometimes in there, but like most of the time it's not there. I just I couldn't make sense of it. So yeah, thank you. That makes sense. I guess the Midwest. Okay, I'm gonna remember that now. Cause it's just, it, yeah, it made no, cause sometimes I, th- I think, you know, the, the cliche is you sounded like somebody from Texas. That's not a slight. I'm just, I'm just saying how it's, it looks. Oh yeah, so, totally. Yeah. It's, and then other times it looks like you talk like somebody from the North basically. Yeah. And I just couldn't make. Yeah. Okay. Cause sometimes you, I thought you were Canadian at first for some reason, <laughs> which I know makes no sense, but it just figured, okay, so it's North America, but maybe it's not America. Like that was my thing. But then you oh, say, that's funny. yeah, you say about, then they say a boot, right? So a that, boot, that kind yeah, of tipped me off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's funny. Uh, and sorry, instead of sorry, yeah, I say yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the Midwestern accent, I think, you know, it's sort of a melting pot accent. And that's sort of why it tends to be the one that makes it onto news broadcasts because it's a, it's a, it's a comfortable thing. It's, it, it sort of feels, it's, it's hard to place, but it's also just, it's got a little bit of everything almost. And so it's, it's a little bit easier to hear someone who, who speaks with that accent. Yeah. It's sort, um, it's sort of generic, but in a good way. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Hopefully in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is the last portion of this thing. So, uh, your hardware, your phone, your tablet, your computer. 
Uh, so I have a, I used to use a 9.7 inch iPad Pro and I, that was hands down my favorite device that I've ever had. Now I have a 10.5 inch iPad Pro. It's not different enough from the 9.7 that I consider it like, you know, a, a whole new separate piece of technology. They're sort of the same thing in my mind. And essentially what it boils down to is when, I would read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That is the, this is my Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like this is the sort of in-between computer that I've always wanted. I love my iPad Pro. Um, and I think it's the perfect size and form factor and stuff like that. Right now I'm rocking an iPhone 7 Plus. Uh, and I plan to be up late at night. What is that? <laughs> the coming week, uh, to order. Oh, I guess that's two weeks from today, uh, to order the iPhone 10. And if I don't get that, then I'll stay on the, the, stay in the plus club, as, uh, Mike Hurley of Relay would say, uh, and get an iPhone 8 plus. Yeah. For my c- computer, I use a, it's, it's the last MacBook Pro before they started making the one that has the touch bar. So, uh, it's a mid 2015 Retina MacBook Pro, uh, but, like you, uh, like you said, you, it would be for you if you had one. Mine mostly sits at my desk. It's plugged into, uh, a dual monitor setup and I run it in clamshell mode most of the time. So I'm looking at you on two Dell monitors. So <laughs> Dell still does play a part in my day to day workflow. <laughs> okay. So, uh, software wise, I'm just going to ask like the five apps you actually use in your phone. So the five. Ooh, okay. Yeah. The five, the five main apps that I use yes. are, Hands down, Twitter. Of co- I mean, for me, uh, that's an of course kind of thing. Um, Airmail is my mail app of use. I love Airmail. Um, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have Slack. Yep. Uh, Slack is just, it's where I do my work and it's where I do my fun, like communicating with friends. So that's three. Pocket Casts is my mm-hmm. app of choice. Yeah, I love Pocket Casts. And of course, I, Russell is awesome. Uh, Russell Ivanovich of 50 Jelly. Um, Okay, I'm like looking at all these apps and now they're sort of, they've got this like uh, puppy dog eyes look at me like, you have to choose me as the fifth one. Um, Okay, so I would say Fantastical, which is me sneaking that in there. Um, But I'm going to say the home app for iOS because I am super big into home automation. And uh, so I use that app every day to control. I don't don't really like to do... um, I don't like to use Siri for voice control of my smart home stuff. I will use, I have uh, an Echo, I have a couple Echoes in the house and a Google Home device, but uh, I I will use the Echo to control my stuff. But for some reason, I just don't like to use Siri to control my stuff. And so I use um, the Home app for iOS. So yeah, that that has to take the fifth spot because I'm pretty much always using that app. All right. So, okay, this is my last question. Okay. Uh, if you had to pick one physical thing, so it has to be a thing, not your grandma or something, uh, <laughs> that sort of made an impact of your on your life, something that you like feel was made for you. You might still have it, you might not. It doesn't matter. It can be anything, honestly, anything. But it needs to be like a physical object. What would that be? Something that was made for me. Yeah. Okay. You see, I live for these I... silences. This is <laughs> it's my favorite part of my show. Okay, sorry. Go. Oh no, that's okay. I, I know what it is and it's, um, it was an iPod nano. Uh, ah, okay. so it was a, this beautiful, beautiful 
emerald green iPod Nano. Um, green is my favorite color. And I had just, there was some sort of, of event that had taken place at school that my, I think I had just like, we'd wrapped production on a play or something like that. And I never thought that Again, like I said, we lived pretty modestly, and I never thought that I would have an, uh, you know, an Apple device the whole time that I lived at home, essentially, and wasn't, you know, making my own income. And I came downstairs, um, and on the stairs was a little like wrapped gift, and my mom had said it was for me. I opened it up, and it, I, like I said, green's my favorite color, and I opened it up, and it was this beautifully uh, jewel. I mean, just the, the way that it like shined in the light. I loved that thing, and it. And it it was so, so svelte, so tiny. It's like the, the size of the, uh, Siri remote for, for the Apple TV and just the, 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 the click wheel and, uh, the, you know, the, the headphones right in the package, all that stuff. Like that was the most, it was the perfect amount for me of like showing off without doing too much showing off, if that makes sense, <laughs> yeah. which is sort of how I, I tend to sort of live my whole my whole, like the, the way that I sort of approach the world is like, I don't mind being out there, you know, be, you know, communicating and talking and putting myself out there. But at the same time, I'm also a little bit reserved in the, in that sense. And so this, this device like sort of embodied all of those things. And plus at the time it had uh, a little camera on the back. And so I was able to like shoot video and take photos with it. And so it's just this little device that was like my first real introduction to sort of an all-in-one thing. Cause I didn't have a phone at the time. Um, and so, you know, there was no, no mobile devices or anything like that. And so this was the first one that had all of that stuff built in and man, I still wish I had that thing today because, and I also wish Apple would bring back that green color. It was so beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. That yeah. It, a lot of good feels tied to that little thing. Yeah. But back when, when Apple actually did stuff in color, I miss those. Right. Yeah. Yes. What happened to those days? Oh no, like it's all supposed to be black, gray, and <laughs> silver, and and then three versions of gold, which are pretty much the same unless you look at it <laughs> at a certain angle. So yeah. Yeah. It's so funny now because they just have the one like in the phone and in the uh, Apple Watch, they have one called gold, and it's like a sort of it's like a mixture between rose gold and gold. And there were I saw a couple people complaining. They're like, I did not want this pink device and i i have i like the rose gold um because again it's like uh, there's at least some color option uh so i've always like my my ipad pro comes in rose gold my my iphone 8 plus is in rose gold um just because it's different but it was funny sort of seeing people get that and then because there was one guy who was so upset uh he came out of the store and like in the light the the color changed from this copper to a more pinkish tone <laughs> and uh, because of the toxic masculinity that exists in the United States, he was worried that everyone was going to judge him because he had a pink phone. So he's like, I'm keeping the case on it forever. I'm so mad, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, brother, that's silly. But anyway, uh, yeah, I wish Apple would uh, be more colorful. Micah, you j thank you. Uh, thank this you for having me on. Yeah, this is it. So uh, uh, where can people find you? Uh, well, if you're looking for me online, you can find me on Twitter at Micah Sargent. But if you're looking for all of the things I do, I kid you not, you can go to www.chihuahua.coffee. That's C-H-I-H-U-A-H-U-A dot coffee. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> that's just a link to, to all of the different stuff. That oh, I, do. Oh, I know. I always ask that question at the end, but I was especially waiting for you to say that because like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Because it's kind of, yeah, it ties it together with the start with the dog lover stuff. So, you know, it kind of, you know, it puts a bow it's, on it's the whole the conversation. Things. Yeah. It's the two things that I love so much. Chihuahuas and coffee. They're both uh, great, great things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, like a, a coffee place called Chihuahua that just wants to buy that domain. You know that. A, <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> a, oh man. You know, there's like, there's a coffee shop in Des Moines just angry at you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I love it. Now I can't, you know, get in touch. Maybe I'll sell it. <laughs> no, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> All right, that's pretty much it. So uh, bye. 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 Thank you.